And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Hey, real quickly, before I go on to something else that Boomer just found, uh, I got to tell you, they just finished, they just wrapped up the uh, the press conference. Um, the uh, the police department in uh, Moscow, Idaho, uh, just did a full-on poli- uh, a press briefing where they outlined the reasons why they believe they've caught the guy in the murder of those four um uh, college co-eds and I don't tell you that beautiful kids just I mean just it's just it's amazingly heinous murder and uh, so this guy's name is uh they, they by the way they arrested him in Pennsylvania um his name is uh where'd it go I just lost the name Kohlberger I believe um yeah uh Brian Kohlberger it's spelled with a k uh Brian Kohlberger was arrested in uh Scranton Pennsylvania uh is awaiting extradition uh, they have already charged him now with uh, four counts of uh, homicide, um, and the, uh, the 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 criminal complaint has already been filed. Uh, and like I said, they're waiting on extradition right now. I don't know any more details from that. I'm not sure what led them to him, although I believe it was his vehicle, because there were reports that some surveillance cameras had caught a picture of a white uh, Hyundai uh, Elantra um, that was uh, in the vicinity of the murders. And um, and so that car uh, is um, uh, apparently being towed away from his apartment uh, now in Pennsylvania. He himself was a graduate student at a nearby college, not the same one where the uh, the kids went, but just about 15 minutes down the road. So he may well have known them or associated with them at some point. I don't know those details yet. We'll find out more. Uh, it's a it's a horrible story, a sad story. It's shaking up this small college town, um, but it. Um, uh, it, it, and by the way, innocent till proven guilty. So they've got a guy. Um, and there was one report that said that when he was arrested, he asked, uh, has anyone else been arrested yet? And I don't know what that means. Um, we'll find out all said and done breaking news on that. Uh, the Moscow, Idaho police have now, um, found a suspect. He's in Pennsylvania. He has been arrested and they're awaiting extradition, uh, to bring him back to, uh, Idaho for, uh, charges on murder. Um, Boomer, you just found that I, I didn't know you could do that, but what, what I, I didn't either. Well, change what the I, subject, what I by found, the way. Change the subject. Change the subject. I'm going to change the subject. Uh, well, what it, what y'all were talking about was that the like the air quality and what oh, was the going, landfill the burn? landfill. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had a uh, I had some family in Birmingham that brought it up to me, and uh, they started sending me pictures and stuff like that of air quality and yeah. some some people even talking about that all this like smoke and whatever it's almost unbearable to like be in their house and then they happen to bring up the air quality on like a you know on google maps or whatever it's called purple air and and wow and the birmingham area's air quality is not that great <laughs> no in fact it was you, you showed me a minute ago uh it's, it's like a weather report you know that the the darker the red the worse the storm mm-hmm. But you were showing me the pollution quality. The darkest red spot in the entire United States right now is in the Moody area, right? Yeah, there was that, and then there was there were others. I mean, I, I was looking at it as well, and there's pulling up the entire you know United States. There's some other ones that are pretty bad too. But but what's going on in Birmingham? That they need to figure that out. Yeah, they need to figure it out soon because yeah. I mean, I you know it's kind of funny. This kind of flew under my radar. Uh, I kind of caught hold of it yesterday and went, wait a minute, and that's when I thought, you know what? That's Lance Bell's district. I'm going to text old boy and see if he can come on the show and um, for that sole purpose of introducing him to the audience, but also to hear about this. Mm. He just sent me a bunch of pictures, too. I showed you one of them already. I mean, oh, yeah. wow. That's it's crazy. All right. Well, hey, listen, we're going to come right back. 
Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, going to number two on the Triple Dipper, the energy question. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio covering all of north alabama i'm talking about we cover down on some ground we've got down south of birmingham up north of huntsville tuscaloosa back to gaston parts of georgia tennessee and mississippi even thrown in just for good measure glad you're back with us we are uh, halfway through the last show of 2022 wow i'm saying and, and boomer you have now been here for a full-on six months right yeah. How's that even kinda possible? Kind of crazy. Kind of <laughs> crazy. And you've been doing an amazing. I want to just go ahead and say, play some applause for yourself right oh, now. Just go you. ahead. Thank, nice. you, thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, you've been doing an amazing job, man. You have just become <laughs> part of the fabric of this show, and you've uh, you've become the master of all the buttons and the, uh, Lots the of buttons. artistry. 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 Anyway, ish. thank you. Ish. <laughs> uh, that was, by the way, that whole ish thing became funny yesterday. I just it did. Um, all right, hey, thank listen, you. we're gonna jump over number two on the triple dipper, the energy question. Uh, but I will say this: the phone lines are open, the text lines are open. Eight three three six eight seven four 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 eight. If any of you out there are, and, and call in about whatever you want to, but if any of you out there are in the area affected by the smoke from the Moody landfill, I would love to hear from you. Or if you got a family member or somebody you know who's telling you how bad it is. In fact, Boomer, you had a family member you were saying about this, right? Yeah, just, yeah, I got a family member close by. I, uh, They said their whole house was just sick. They're, I'm hoping it's not from this, but then there was a friend of theirs that said their house is really, really close to it. I believe in one of the the communities that are right outside of this landfill. Yeah, yeah. And their house is like, Almost unbearable to be in right now. Well, if anybody's out there uh, who is can give us a firsthand report um, yourself, we'd love to hear from you. 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. And by the way, if you ever forget the phone number, it's right there at the top of the uh, website, uh, rightsideradio.org. Uh, you can go there and find that as well. Um, Going to jump, though, in the meantime, over to number two of the Triple Dipper. So the energy question, let's talk about the economy first, just to kind of lay the groundwork. All right, so story on the Wall Street Journal. Inflation, you know the deal. We've talked about it. Inflation got up to 40-year highs this year. The cost of bacon is through the roof. I mean, everything you buy is through the roof. But I was telling my son this morning, bacon got up to like a 17% inflation on bacon by itself. But then yeah, everything, gas, um, uh, basic foodstuffs, uh, automobiles were crazy, uh, still are. Um, all said and done, a uh, story here on the Wall Street Journal dated uh, yesterday, two days ago. Inflation takes the biggest bite from the middle-income households. They point out that the, um, the number of jobs that have opened up in the economy has benefited 
um, lower income because those who may have been looking for a job could find one. And there have been some indications that the lower income uh, of society has experienced somewhat of a gain. Um, upper income is still protected by the fact that they may have more savings, more resources, more ability to withstand uh, a recession. Uh, so there's that. They said that the middle income, though, has been in a vice. Uh, story here says purchasing power from paychecks fell 2.9% for middle income households in 2022 compared with 2021, while rising 1.5% for the bottom fifth of households and 1.1% for the top. That's, 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 just, that's interesting. So basically the middle income has dropped 2.9%, while lower income and upper income have gone up one to one and a half. A growing share of middle-income households say they're having more trouble making ends meet, according to Census Bureau surveys. So it goes on to say, middle-income households were especially exposed in the past two years in part because the goods and services they tend to purchase, such as cars and gasoline, are what rose the most in price. So it was been some time back, but when, uh, when Copper used to do um, uh, a, a monologue on the show, she did one one time that really caught my attention. This would be last year. Uh, and, and she talked about the fact that you find your own inflation, I believe it was. Um, and what she was saying was the things that you buy, that it, your family uses, those become your personal inflation rates. And when you look at it that way, it does become different. If you don't buy diapers, you're not affected by a diaper shortage. If you don't buy um, uh, you know, hard goods like new TVs on a regular basis, then you're not impacted by that. If you're not in the market for a new car or, or a used car, for that matter, you're not impacted by that. But when you take into account the things that you buy, then you find your personal level of, of inflation. And in general speaking, the middle-income households, the goods and services that they typically tried to acquire demographically in that middle income, those are the ones that were impacted the most. Found that middle-income households experienced inflation well over 15%. So whereas, whereas the average was 9%, Across the nation, if you were in the middle income, it says that you may have experienced what felt more like a 15% inflationary standard. That's awful. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just rough. That's mainly because the middle income's exposure to cars and gasoline where prices were most especially pronounced. Um, it goes on to say, though, the good news is inflation appears to be slowing. If that continues in 2023, some of the pressure might dissipate. In November, it says the consumer price index was up 7.1% from a year earlier, but that was better than the 9% that we had in June. So there you go. First of all, understand where we are, laying the foundation for this energy question that I'm about to get into. The economy has just sucked uh, this year, and it has sucked worse for others than, than for, from, for everyone. Uh, middle income took it the hardest. Now, Another indicator, and my law firm, by the way, does a lot of real estate work. Another income uh, or, or, or in indicator is um, real estate. Boomer, you spent a lot of time working in real estate, you and your wife both. Yeah, we both did. Mm -hmm. um, market's tough right now. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> very matter of fact of you. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. It's uh, just different. D definitely different what people were used to the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. With interest mm -hmm. rates getting down in the twos in some cases, uh, low threes on the average, we're looking at interest rates right now are in the sevens. Wow. Um, and if you're doing an adjustable rate, you might get a good one, but adjustable rates are always dangerous, and this, especially when the Fed's raising the rate like they are right now. Right. Um, so National Association of Realtors, 
uh, just came out with a report in the last couple of weeks. They're forecasting um, existing home sales will stabilize, but it's not going to be quick. So a guy named Lawrence Yun, who's the uh, National Association of Realtors Chief Economist and Senior Vice President of Research, there's a title, <laughs> forecasts that 4.78 million existing homes will be sold, prices will remain stable, and Atlanta, <clears throat> excuse me, Atlanta is going to be the top real estate market to watch in 23. Um, he predicts that home sales, though, are going to decline by 6.8% compared to 2022. Well, they went down at 22 from 21, I believe. That's not what you want to hear. Another 6% drop and almost 7% drop in home sales. Um, he says he also expects rental prices to rise 5%. Um, I know you're a, you're, a, you're a landlord guy, Booms. So we're looking yeah. at increases in rentals uh, overall. It's just, I mean, you're just seeing it everywhere. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Because as a, even a landlord, I mean... I have to raise my rent according to what what the market know, will what allow. What the market market will allow, and you know what I'm having to pay for. Yeah, and then it doesn't help you when you have uh, giant freezes that freeze pipes. <laughs> it does not. We freeze won't talk pipes. about that. Uh, we won't yeah, talk about don't that. Don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, foreclosure rates are expected to remain at historically low levels, though that's that's good. That's partly because there's still COVID protections that are lang- uh, dang- dangling out there. Um, but nonetheless, he says that uh, the GDP is going to grow slightly. He predicts like up to 1.3%, whereas it used to be historically at 25 um, So here we are in an economy that's slowed down, but it's starting to stabilize. Interest rates are high is what I'm saying. Home values have decreased in most places. You will be interested to know, all my listeners out there, you will be interested to know that one of the top 10 real estate markets in the entire nation is right here in this listening area, which we have a big listening area. Like, we have a lot of listening area. But the, the listening area, Huntsville, Alabama, is ranked as the seventh hottest real estate market in the nation right now. Um, so that's cool. By the way, I will point out, I think I said this on another show uh, about a week or two ago, the top 10 real estate markets in the nation, all in the South. Majority of them are what I would call SEC states. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, Okay. Having said all that, what about energy? Well, we're going to take a break right now. We'll come right back. I'm going to dive right in. Where are gas prices going? And what is our U.S. delegation for Alabama saying? Take us to a break. Remember, we'll do that right now. We'll come right back. And now that I've set the stage and painted the gloomy picture, stable but gloomy picture on the economy, Let's talk about the things that you and I experience every single day in that economy. How about the energy question? Is it going to get better, worse? I'll tell you when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right uh saving the world one soundbite at a time let me tell you folks uh you might want to think about something here 
got a nice kind of even temperate uh, weathered weekend after last weekend. Woo! You can get out tomorrow morning is what I'm starting to say without finding out that your your tires are frozen to the driveway. Um, maybe, maybe on this Saturday morning before you go into game day and New Year's Eve and all that kind of stuff, you might want to go to Just Love Coffee Cafe for breakfast on a Saturday morning. Man, don't mess up the, the kitchen and don't go get the old usual biscuit. Head on down to Just Love Coffee Cafe. Two locations in our listening area. One on Hughes Road over in Madison. The other on South Parkway in Huntsville. And get you something like maybe a womlet. Womlet. A super omelet cooked in a waffle iron. Eggs, sauces, cheddar cheese, onions, peppers, tomato, tater tots, sprinkle of black pepper, all in one omelet. Or maybe the breakfast burrito. Or their sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. Which is, by the way... Um, Pretty, pretty unusually good. Then they got their dippers, sausage or chicken wrapped in a waffled biscuit served with a choice of sausage, gravy, syrup, or mustard. And then there's the coffees, because it is Just Love Coffee Cafe. Cappuccinos, the espressos, the lattes. They've got the dry roast award-winning coffees. They can grind it up. So, yeah, listen, Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison, and the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. Check them out, and please tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. All right. Hey, listen, I think we got a caller on the line. Boomer, we got somebody or no? What do we got here? Um, I don't know who we got. All right. So I got somebody who lives near the landfill. Is that what I'm seeing? All right. I got somebody who I guess wants to remain anonymous, uh, which is usually a risk, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, So uh, uh, tell us who you are and, uh, well, not who you are, but where you live. Um, I'll say my name. I'm Karen Scott, and I live in Liberty Park in okay, Vestavia, which is probably the closest part of Vestavia to the landfill. And yes, it's um, like early in the morning when you wake up, you, you look up, you're like, "It's my house on fire. What's the smell?" Wow. Um, we've been suffering, me personally and my husband, from headaches um, since since it started. Um, just breathing it in, and I'm a runner. And so in the mornings after I run, I definitely have a headache um, after breathing it in uh, for so long outside. Um, I know that there's kids in the neighborhood that who have asthma that, you know, playing outside, it, they're coughing and um, their asthma, they have to do the inhalers um, from being out in, outside. Wow. Well, man, let me ask you too, is it, is it visible? I mean, is it smoky visible almost like you can see it or is it just this kind of the traces of in the air? What, what do you, what do you, what's, what's that like? Um, more traces of it in the air. I mean, we live far enough away where we don't, I mean, if I get off, um, out like headed towards the trestle midi area, I can see it, but it, it, here it's more of just the, you can, you can smell it like a, a couple of people in the neighborhood, posted um one morning they woke up like several people in the neighborhood like what's you know there's something on fire in the neighborhood i mean it's like that it is that potent you can smell it inside your house um it is it is very thick over here well and, I, and i've heard too that it's not the usual smoke smell like a wood smoke smell that it, that it has it is a, not a it is not smell. a wood smoke smell no uh, it is not oh yeah have you gotten anything from um local officials have you talked to anybody that said here's what we're doing or how long yeah, i mean all the articles that i've come across or read it kind of sounds like there's a dispute on who's responsible for it or who's paying for um to try to get it out i don't know you know the city of moody versus the county versus you know the state but and it sounded like it was a an expensive thing to do but and then it said you know the option is to let it burn out which could take up to a year oh um oh well and you're down in vestavia you said 
Um, yes, I'm in Vestavia. So as the crow flies, how far would you estimate that you are from uh, from there? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, I don't know. I would say maybe, like, we're on we're in Liberty Park, which is kind of a... Yeah. We're not, like, Vestavia proper, so it's a little bit... It is closer. I would say maybe 15, 20 miles, maybe. Wow. I don't know. That's a guesstimate. Well, well, uh, I tell you what, I sure appreciate you calling to give us, and I hope this thing clears up soon and uh, quality of life is restored pretty quickly. Uh, but thanks for yeah, giving us the Yeah, I think it's finding the right entity, like who's going to pay for yeah. um, the solution, I, I guess is what they're trying to decide. Well, um, if you hear something else and you got something to add to it, call us back, all right? Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate the call. Wow, that's just, man, Boomer, can you imagine? That just No, I mean, that's... That's just awful. It's awful. And I mean, I, is that something that they can declare something like Governor Ivy? I mean, I don't know. Like a state of, state of emergency? Yeah. Is that something? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's risen to that level yet. A state of emergency usually involves having to get state authorities and, you know, National Guard potentially mm. and disaster relief, and then it draws down federal dollars. I don't know if we're there, um, but we're certainly at a point where uh, it may go beyond the resources of the county or the municipality to deal with it. Mm. I, I'm, I'm not going to be a bit surprised to find out that what they have to do to either tamp it out or or or, or hose it out is um, is first dig it out wow. because if it's that deep and it it's burning slowly then you've got to get it to a place where it can burn faster or be doused one or the other and um, so they may they may wind up having to get in there and you know dig that thing out with backhoes wow. or, or or trench diggers Whew. and uh, see what they can get um, man that and I do remember by the way there is a there's a whole town um, in uh, um, Pennsylvania, I believe it was. I read about it in a, in a book by a guy. It's called A Walk in the Woods was the book. Um, but there's a town, I believe in Pennsylvania, a coal mining town. And the coal caught fire underground and began a slow burn. And you know what coals are like. You, like you put them in your fireplace or in your, uh, in your, in your grill. And, um, and coals just, and when you have an entire coal mine, catching fire like that, um, and, it, and it basically it shut down, the entire town is gone. They had to just basically abandon the town, uh, abandon the mine, and smoke still seeps up out of the ground in places years and years later. It's just down there in a slow burn. Just makes you think, how long can that go? Right. And where's it getting the oxygen to keep you know burning like that? But um, but yeah, that's just uh, epic bad. Um, all right, listen, I'll, I'll take more of those calls. I would love to hear more from people who are anywhere in and around the Moody Landfill um, so our last caller lives, she believes, about 15 to 20 miles as a crow flies. They don't see the smoke every day, but they certainly can smell it. And it certainly is having an impact on, um, you know, people's breathing and, and things like that for what she described, which I could well imagine. I've got family members with asthma, and that would be a horrible thing. I mean, we've had neighbors that burn their leaves once in a while. And at that point, I've got family members that have to stay inside. Um, so there it is. Hey, uh, real quick before we go to the break, uh, I'll tell you, I just, uh, the, the text lines are open, too. Um, Paul from Huntsville says, blow it up. <laughs> I don't, Paul, I don't think we dropped the bomb on this, man. I think we let that, that thing play for a little bit uh, before we do that. Um, Rita from Scottsboro just texted in and said, uh, this is Rita from Scottsboro. Um, she said, Bishop Rita from Scottsboro. Okay, well, either one. Uh, I want to wish Boomer and Phil a fantastic new year. Been listening since day one. I'm making something for you. I'll let you know when I have it done. Rita, thank you so much. Uh, and we appreciate that. And uh, And I think she just put on there, um, and it got a typo in it, but I think she was talking about uh, Central Pennsylvania is the name of the town still burning underground. I got to look that up during the next break because it is crazy. 
And you don't want to see that kind of thing happening in, in Moody. Um, they'll get it under control. If you live around it, call us, 833-687-4448. We'll come right back, spend a little more time on number two of the Triple Dipper, the energy question, and then we're going to end on a high note, man. I got some fun, good news stories we're going to run through. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Side Radio with Bill Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live on the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, we cover down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Dang, this new microphone sounds good, Boomer. Oh, so good. I mean, I just, I just, I just sound like a smooth cup of coffee on a cold morning. That's what I just, just, Ooh. just. That was cup of coffee. <laughs> um, hey, by the way, I got to jump over here and tell you, I did some looking, uh, and I've also gotten a couple of texts. Um, the uh, the M- Pennsylvania mine fire I was talking about, that's been burning since 1962. It's in Centralia, Pennsylvania, um, and and here's how it started. Uh, don't want to don't want to paint any negative images here, but. Uh, the way it started was uh, the town uh, had a number of illegal landfills, and they were trying to burn them off. Um, never a good idea. Apparently, the burning was not uh, sanctioned, but it was considered by somebody to be a good idea at the time. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so they, they began trying to burn off a landfill. Well, it was a coal mining town, and apparently one of the mines was sitting on top of an old open uh, hole that dropped into one of the mine shafts. And uh, the fires dropped down in. The coal seam uh, began to burn, and it has been burning, literally smoking coming up out of the ground since 1962, Centralia, Pennsylvania. Uh, so what happened though is, it, is, it, is it, of course you can imagine how bad that was. There was no way to control the fire. It's underground. It's it's coal that's that's just going to continue to to seep. Uh, it's got oxygen feeding it from somewhere. Uh, so in 1984. Um, there was actually uh, a, a member of Congress from that area who got something approved in Congress that allocated $42 million for relocation efforts. So people began to get buyouts. A lot of the, most of the residents of the small town one had accepted the buyout offers and they dispersed away from the area. But there were some who opted to stay. They didn't want to leave. It was their, it was their family property. So in 1992, the governor of Pennsylvania invoked eminent domain and condemned all the remaining buildings, uh, and and they had to they basically had to evict the remaining citizens from the town, 
the post office revoked their zip code. It is now considered uh, just, it's, it's a ghost town. A lot of the houses have been raised, like, you know, to knock down. Uh, so there's no, no, no buildings there that could be pilfered or, you know, have squatters living in them. Uh, all said and done, this is, this is a mess. Uh, it's even been, I mean, they've even been as recently as 2009, the state of Pennsylvania having to take action to do things regarding people who were there that, that needed a, a, a chance to move somewhere else. Um, it's, it's become somewhat of a tourist attraction. It says that visitors still come to this day to see the smoke uh, coming up out of the ground in the empty streets. Um, and that's how I read about it. Right along, uh, there's an abandoned portion of Pennsylvania Route 61 that's referred to as the Graffiti Highway. Uh, that's where people tend to go hang out. And the, the book that I read talked about a guy um, walking the Appalachian Trail who diverted over to go and see this place. And sure enough, he described it as exactly what they just described um, as a, uh, a ghost town with empty roads, uh, former foundations of houses, and smoke coming out of seams in the road, burning since 1962. Dang. Um, okay, enough of that. Wow. Um, uh, we got some text coming in. Uh, just, uh, just glad to see Brandon from Athens, uh, Ryan from Hazel Green. Uh, glad you're on the string. Uh, Paul from Huntsville says, remove the oxygen needed to burn. I was serious and believe the military has this capability. Um, it's a better idea than waiting another week to address it and call an emergency meeting. I don't know, Paul, we'll see what they do. Uh, but, uh, I'm pretty sure that, uh, ADEM, and the state government and all would have a say about dropping any bombs. But uh, I do believe that something extraordinary is going to have to happen. I know that. Um, all right, let me jump back over to the Dipper and wrap this thing up before we go to the break. Um, so here's the deal. I laid the foundation earlier. I got totally distracted by the Moody landfill fire. <laughs> like It's almost like a Dipper within a Dipper. Can we have a Dipper within a Dipper, Boomer? Oh, absolutely. It's that like, just makes it four Dippers. It's like when you watch the sitcom and you have a plot within a plot. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay. Everybody loves Raymond. Always had one plot with a little subplot. Um, okay. Anyway, here's the deal. I'm back on the triple dipper. Energy question. So I laid the foundation earlier for where we are in the economy. Um, but what about energy costs? What about gas prices? Well, uh, United Press International reporting that as of yesterday, um, average U.S. gas prices have hit $3.16 per gallon. That's average. I mean, we've seen them in the twos around here. But it says we can expect that they may very well go up uh, quite a bit in the next few months for reasons that I'll get into. It says Travel Club AAA reported a national average of 316 for a gallon of regular gas, um, a touch higher than it was yesterday. It's still 40 cents per gallon less than it was this time last month, which is great, although we have seen an increase in the last week. Federal data shows that U.S. gasoline stockpiles, it says, though, have increased by 20 million barrels. That's good. Our strategic reserve is going up a little bit. Um, but it's still down from where it was uh, this time last year. Um, and then we're looking at right now our refining capacity is down. Apparently our refining capacity took a hit during the, um, the cold snap. Um, I didn't know it could do that, but I guess anything else can be affected by cold, so can that. But the reduction in refinery activity is expected to be short-lived. Uh, and should be coming back online soon. Um, but what we're looking at right now, though, is they're saying we could be seeing $4 gas again by this time in May. Um, so uh, keep an eye on that. U.S. Representative Barry Moore, who's been on the show most recently, a friend of mine, we served in the state legislature together. He's now a congressman from South Alabama. 1819 News reports that as of this morning, he's basically saying the Biden administration is to blame for the high gas prices. And he says we're suffering as an American people. 
And he points out that, you know, while we may be looking at $3 gas, it's still not where it should have been. Uh, and, and, the, and the average price was two eighty nine in Alabama, three over three sixteen on the average for nationwide, two eighty nine in Alabama. Barry Moore, though, Congressman Moore says, high gas prices and rising inflation are a constant um, issue because of the Biden administration's policies on energy and the fact that they keep throwing cash into the economy. Here's his quote. He says, Biden's energy policy on day one was to shut down the Keystone Pipeline, and then on day two, to ask OPEC to increase production, and then to give Russia a green light on Nord Stream 2, and then to buy solar panels from China, and that kind of encapsulates the policies from the administration, he says. And it strangles the U.S. energy domestic production and drives prices up locally. He says he's been polling his uh, constituents, and in in whatever the uh, recent poll he did, uh, 80% of the constituents said that they spent less on Christmas this year, in part because of the prices they've had to pay at the pump. Um... One of our other congressmen from the Mobile area, Jerry Carl, he's on record. Uh, Jeff Poor wrote an article in 1819 News. Um, and Jerry Carl was on Fox Business Network uh, Thursday uh, questioning Joe Biden's use of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Uh, it's a worthy question. Carl argued that the reserves were intended for a national crisis and not as a mechanism to lower gas prices. And, and I agree with that. When you start flooding the market with cheap, already prepaid for oil, all you do is create a faux economy. Um, his words, we should have never used the reserve for political reasons. And that's why we're in the situation we are now. When they start shutting down the pipeline, what was going to happen? It was a domino effect. Now we're in a situation where we're going to pay more for it. We got to get our reserves back up, he says. I, you know, I, I guess it's, it goes without saying, but he said it anyway. Um, but what about diesel? Your truck's not diesel, is it? Booms? Nope. Okay. I am not diesel. All right. <laughs> and glad of it. <laughs> and glad of it. All right. Um, it says, by June, the average U.S. gas price had crossed $5 a gallon for the first time ever, hitting a record 502 But that, after that came a prolonged slide in gas prices prompted by a number of other factors. Anyway, what they're saying here in the CNN article dated yesterday, uh, that gas prices had a wild ride, but the diesel prices are still very difficult. So, yeah, gas prices in Alabama down to about 289 a gallon, 316 on the average across the nation, but diesel dang. Says there was not the same level of relief for the price of diesel. Diesel prices fell 20% from their peak in June, but only about half the decline that gasoline experienced. So, while gasoline is cheaper than it was a year ago, diesel remains so close remains close to the pre-2022 record price set in 2008. So greater demand for North American diesel by Europe in the wake of the war in Ukraine has kept diesel prices high. So, so there, there's, there's, there's the thing. If you're, if you're looking at uh, having to uh, uh, fill up a, a, you know, an over-the-road hauler, you got an 18-wheeler, and you're putting diesel in that thing, you're still paying top price, man. You're still paying record prices, near record prices. Apparently, the record for diesel was 2008, and we're still almost at that point. And if you're one of those that drives the dually farm truck, um, then, yeah, you are not looking for much relief. Investors.com, story dated yesterday, says that uh, a critical fuel for trucking, railroads, and agriculture, higher diesel prices uh, fed through to everything. They impacted grocery bills, consumer electronics, all of it. Everything was impacted by diesel, and diesel still remains high. So until we can get diesel down, we're not going to see the supply chain issues 
the costs that are impacted by the supply chain issues resolved, it appears. Average U.S. diesel price at the pump on Wednesday, $4.67 a gallon. That's up 31% from last year. Um, so, more to go. The energy question is still a question. Uh, the Biden administration still pursuing green energy over everything else, still pushing for electric vehicles. And yet, in the meantime, the economy runs on gas. And we can't deny that. And the very idea that we can just sit idly by and go, yeah, we're just not going to drill, or yeah, we're going to shut the Keystone Pipeline, or oh, we're going to go ahead and just dump our strategic reserves into the market. Those are not solutions. They're not even Band-Aids. In fact, some of those are the reasons why we are where we are. So the energy question going into 2023, still a big question. Here's the bottom line for you. We're looking at prices at the pump for regular gas are expected to go up in the next few months for a variety of reasons. But the price of diesel remains at record highs. And we're hoping that begins to find its way into a state of normalization. All right. There's number two of the Triple Dipper. I worked my way through it because I got to get to number three. Number three is fun. I'm looking forward to this. You guys stay tuned. We're going to take a break right now. We'll come right back, move to the final part of the show, the final part of the year. Ending on a good note. That's the name of this part of the Triple Dipper. Ending on a good note. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. 